Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Black Wall Street is now online, baby. That's right. Visit the GW District. Shop the very best in men's and women's apparel and accessories, home decor, office supplies, books, pantry items, and so much more. The GW District is a retail marketplace of black-owned products and media. We're both veteran and black-owned, and we're bringing you the best online shopping experience with products made by small businesses. Come and experience the GW District difference today at shopgwdistrict.com. That's shopgwdistrict.com. The GW District, a retail marketplace of black-owned products and media. That's right. That's right. Welcome to Pilgrim on Wrestling with your host, Philly Pilgrim, giving you that good wrestling under tree, giving you that old school feel with a new school type thought process every Wednesday night. So, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for the show? So here's Billy Pilgrim. Hello, buddy. What's going on? Uh, nothing. Another day. Another dollar. You know how. I, you know how I go. You know how I go. What's been going on with you, my man? Uh, nothing. I'm uh, I'm going to Huntsville because porn takes me to all the glamorous places. Uh, <laughs> um, this In month, Huntsville when I was a kid, but that's a long story. Uh, yeah, like you know, Porter Rock goes to Vegas, gets flown to Hawaii, Miami. You know, his abs see all the tropical places. Where do I? Where's my pale Irish ass go? In, in this month, I'm going to I'm going to Huntsville, Alabama, Edison, New Jersey, Savannah, and actually not even Savannah proper, like 20 minutes outside of Savannah, uh, and possibly Jacksonville. And then, and if I'm lucky, at the end of the or the beginning of November, I might get to go to Nashville. But I actually like Nashville, so that probably won't happen. But that's that's the exotic. You know, locales. You know, everyone thinks porn is, yeah, like I'm going to be in Huntsville dressed like Krampus, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I'm working on like, you know, props and costumes and everything. Yes, yes, yes. And people, y'all know what time it is. Welcome to Pilgrim on Wrestling. I am your host, Kavanaugh, the Southern Champ, and I am here to introduce you, the man that is funny. He also is Grumpus and can be Grumpus. I'm talking about the one, the only, Billy <laughs> oh no, I'm being looked at right now. <laughs> 
Wait, what oh, happened? I'm sorry. That's not you. <laughs> oh, God, the pie. I can't wait to eat it. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Okay. So, where was I? Billy. People are just, they're, they're, they're barely coming out of their seats. It's pandemonium? <laughs> it's cheap heat. That's what it is. <laughs> A cheap pop, cheap pop. Right here on Anchor. <laughs> oh my God, man. What? What a week, what a week, what a week, what have you. I, I know you people, it's, if you had listened to uh, Pro Wrestling Smoke, we had a real good conversation of female uh, wrestlers who probably would have made great porn stars if they ever went in that direction or, or never went to wrestling. Or if it was a, another multiverse, is if you know, or dimension, you know, would have been great porn stars and stuff. And, um, Shoot, it was a good conversation. What you think, Billy? Yeah, I mean, you know, it was just something fun to do because, um, you know, we made we always make it a point to, uh, and it's true. Like I'm ridiculously attracted to uh, Rhea Ripley, but it's like yes. you know when I watch a wrestler, it's like I'm watching her wrestle, and then it's not until like uh, something unrelated, I see a picture of her, and I remind, oh, that's right, she's ridiculously hot, and you know. And so on yeah. and so forth. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was just something fun because you know they are they are attractive mm-hmm. ladies, and you know there's a you know, and it, it also is the fact that besides their looks, they actually I think you know the ones we talked about would actually have the talent because regardless of what people think, the days of showing up to on a set and just being pretty are over. You have yeah. to have you have to bring something to the table. You have to. You know, no matter your look, you have to bring something different. You have to kind of have a hustle in you to stay relevant and stay, you know, in the minds and like cultivate a fan base and all that other stuff. So it is a talent. Well, I'm, I love how we live in a culture where an influencer is a legitimate career, supposedly, but being a porn actress isn't. Yeah, it's interesting. You can be an IG model and it's cool. <laughs> But if you're a porn star, you, you put a dick in your mouth <laughs> on camera. <laughs> and what's so funny that a lot of a lot of these influencers, they go to sex work to make the quick buck. Yeah, the problem is the problem is um, if you're gonna do that and it does happen, you get some money coming in. You know, you might want to save it because you're gonna wind up like a lot of people, like uh, Mia Khalif, who basically you think it's going to be a cape well again like i'm pretty so therefore i should make all the money and it's a thing of they do it for like five minutes and then when they're not met when they're not super rich or like people are clamoring them then it's like oh well porn's bad and porn's this and, and like the only reason okay. why i know your name you That's dumb bitch my like, ass. Uh, the, the, uh, the, the queen of this is uh lisa ann mm-hmm. uh who basically i used to respect but essentially she'll you know, she does her little radio thing. She does her little sports bullshit. And then when she kind of, when you don't hear from her for a while or, you know, yeah. she hasn't been, then she all of a sudden she starts trashing porn and then people get mad. 
and then she, you know, and then she'll show up at it. She was at Exotica this in Miami, and then um, and it's industry small for like flying her out and making a big deal that she's coming. And then she goes, and like, oh, I'm back in the headlines, and now she goes back to doing whatever. And you know, thank you, porn. Mm-hmm. And then you know, she's our friend when she needs the money or the uh, or the relevance. You know, like occasionally she'll make a comeback at the highest prices for the best company. Which, you know, she's earned. She's earned the right to have top pay and have the best production. But yes. if, you, look, if, you're, if it's so bad and so evil, then fucking stay away. Again, the look, only reason why I know your name is because you did porn. And this is all I'm going to say, especially when it comes to Mia Khalifa, because I saw interviews with her or what have you. And that's why I said this is going to be happening. Because I actually did an actual whole episode rant about that. Yes, bitch. And I'm going to say bitch because she deserved bitch. She's an asshole, yeah. See, understand this because I heard someone say, you know, she has the right to feel how she feels. No, she don't. She was not raped. She was not violated. She went into this willingly. Actually, because of this, is the reason why we even know Mia Khalifa, who still has not fucking OnlyFans. We have some yeah. OnlyFans. You know how many of these porn stars who've been screaming, sitting here screaming, porn done ruined my life. It killed All them bitches got OnlyFans. So they back doing to the thing that they sit there and said that they hate. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. Uh, for those that may not know, Mia Khalifa is a very beautiful woman. And she was in porn for three months. And if I remember correctly, she made 30 grand. First of all, 30 grand to three months is not. So there's people that live off 25 grand a year. Okay. Um, and, uh, just a few years ago, like I, I basically made 20 grand when I was trying to kind of get back on my feet. So 30 grand in three months, you know, but the problem was, and I don't know, and I've never been able to find out the information. I don't know if it was her idea or she was talked into it by the porn company, but she wore a traditional Muslim headdress in a porn. She's actually a Muslim. And, and here's the thing. If she, if that was her idea, well, then you're an idiot and you deserve what you got. If it was a porn company, they they need to take responsibility. And also, what is your fucking problem? Because I hate to break the news to you, Muslims don't fuck about. Like you don't, they don't play. So they have no sense of humor about their religion. There's no nothing. And and to be honest with you, that's the only sympathy that I have when it comes to her. Well, here's the thing. That's why she. No, actually, again, it depends. Now, if it was her idea, I have no sympathy for it because she and also, to be honest with you, you really should have known because it's your culture. But she left porn. And here's the funny thing. She I've seen some of her scenes. I think she did all the stuff with Bang Bros. The only one that was yes. able to get a good scene out of her was J-Mac, which is to his talent. But basically, she really had no charisma. She was like a like Savannah in the 90s. She was Dude. just... She was just dude, pretty. she parlayed, dude, she parlayed, what, four scenes that she fucking did into money. Because at the end of the day, she ended up getting on a TV show with sports icons on, on, oh, yeah. on uh, Complex. Well, that's the other thing. The other it, gimmick it, is, oh, I like football because, you know, the girl, a girl liking sports is so weird. And there it is. You know, again, she wouldn't have any of that if it weren't for porn. And again, and here's the other thing. I don't cut her any slack because inevitably it's going to happen. She's when the price is right, she's going to make a comeback and do something for Brazzers or do something for like, you know, Wicked or something because, you know, it's easy. Money. I wish you saw that interview she did, dude. Well, I just, it's just you know, she, she'll come now, out. And, dude, let me describe to you what she looked like. Okay. 
Now you didn't see Mia Khalifa. You didn't see what she dressed like, how, what she wears, and all that, right? Yeah. She looked like a female that was the wife of a rich millionaire that she killed. Everyone knows she was a complete horn slut, but she walks in like she is uh, the motherfucking deaconess at a Catholic church. I mean, you know, again, part of the thing is, I think if she had stayed in, because here's the thing, if you're going to get into sex work, you have to, you know, basically you work for the companies, but you also make your own brand. So that way you have the freedom to do what you want. I right now don't enjoy making my own stuff as much as I should, because I need I need an assistant and I need a steady camera person that's, that's strictly for me uh, when I need them. I need help with post-production, but, you know, eventually that's going to get solved. And I, 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 you know, like working for companies, but you use the companies for a payday and the publicity, and then you build your own brand. And to be honest with you, just her personality, her presence on camera, essentially she looked like she was dying and she kept staring at the camera. Like she had, basically it was just look at, I'm pretty and look at this the big dick that's going inside of me. That's now Alex Cole. Alex Cole is a very, I don't mean this to be an insult, but she's very basic looking in the sense of she's very naturally pretty, very petite, very beautiful. Like she's gorgeous in person, but she's got very, she's just, you know, like it's like you think she shits, you know, whipped cream and, you know, like, and, and, you know, blows her nose in the doily because she looks so pure, but her performance on camera, I've seen her play a bunch of different parts, a bunch of different ways. And that's what made me a fan of her is that and that's what made her look stand out more to me she has a presence she has a talent she has a big brain in that little head of hers mm-hmm. where Mia Khalif it's just you know eventually it would have ran its course because yeah you got big tits yeah oh you're Muslim or you're brown Ooh, but it, that's only going to go so far and she's basically resentful you know and it's just, but and see again, I'm going to tell you the reason why a lot of these girls be resentful because I noticed this a lot of women are getting porn are entitled. And and, and and I know I'm gonna piss off a lot of women saying this, but fuck it, dude. fuck your feelings. It's just the truth. Y'all come in the game entitled. Y'all come into the game thinking that immediately you post to make money. You immediately post to be the biggest star in the game. You think this is easy because you're having sex. And because and I think that's the reason why. Because how many girls actually walk into the game thinking long term with this? Straight yeah. off the bat, I mean, very few, very limited. Well, Only dudes really come in thinking long term. Well, you know, when I, I've had conversations. Where I've been, I've worked with a lot of girls. I was their first scene and so on. And I tell them, like, look, your travel, uh, if you have to pay for it yourself, lingerie, you know, like all the stuff I buy to make my costumes. If I buy lingerie, lube, all that stuff, it's all tax deductible. And again, it's not what you make, it's what you save. And, you know, if I was a female talent, or at least my plan going forward as a male talent, if I can pull it off, is I would like to work steady for the companies. And that money is what I'm going to live off of as I, if I make, when I make money off my content and various forms of it, it's going to go right back into the business. And just, you know, so like not spending any of that, just going to go right back into investing and get that brand up. So it's like generating X amount of money a month. So that yeah. way, so that way, when one day, for whatever the reason, you know, if I have to like, oh, I got to spend more time at home, I can't travel. 
my shit's already up and running and I can bring people to me. It is a business thing. And, and again, like Sarah J, you know, Sarah, I would love to meet. I met Sarah briefly for like three seconds, but I would love to meet Sarah and I would love to work with her. And I'd also love to pick her brain. And the reason why, and now Sarah has big ass. She has big natural titties. She has a pretty face. She's got a great curvy body, but that's not the reason why she's a millionaire now. And, and she owns her own company and she's been relevant for like 20 years. I want to say, um, because she has a talent and a brain in her head. Yes. She's a highly intelligent woman. Very bright, very smart. College degree. And, but also like savvy. And again, she has a screen presence. The only criticism I can have for her, uh, is sometimes her hair choices. Not the best. Uh You know, other than I, that, I, like, I ain't gonna lie. I like it with her hair curly, and when she got like the, the when she working like with the cornrows and shit, she doing yeah, like the cornrow you know. look doesn't really do it for me. And the curly, mm-hmm. look, I kind of like it with the straight hair. That's just me though. But again, I mean, I mean, the, I mean, she could be bald or have her head on fire. Uh, you know, uh, if, if I mean, I don't care if she's willing to work with me. I'm just that's just kind of. I was trying to think of one thing, you know. Uh, like I said, I I have no reason to talk to her. I, I kind of talked to her for like three seconds. We, her and I have a friend in common. Plus, you're like, I'm basically one degree removed from her on, with several people, but she's had no reason. And also, she's Sarah J. If I could afford her, her rate, I could probably work with her. But I mean, like collabing or working for a company, that's a long ways off if it ever happens. But there's a reason why she is where she is. Um because she's smart. Um, and yeah. and Mia Khalif is just, it's like, and again, she goes back to that point where she'll bitch about porn because it gets her attention. Mm-hmm. You know? And I guarantee you, I will bet a year's earnings on my best year that one day, like Lisa Ann, she's going to be like, porn is bad. And then she's going to do a, a three-scene deal with Brazzers and then be at all the Exoticas charging people to take a picture with her and just, you know, be all about it. And then she's going to take the money and run. And when she gets home, she's going to be like, oh, porn is bad. And, you know, there are people who have had legitimate bad experiences in porn. And yes. that, and, and the problems that maybe led to that get ignored because you got spoiled, entitled people like Lisa Ann and, you know, Mia Khalif and other people, Randy Spears, talking shit blaming their problems or whatever on porn. And it's like, you know, you're, you're trivializing the actual person that had a legitimate traumatizing experience in porn. And if we were able to listen to their story and maybe, okay, we can fix this. So it doesn't happen at all again, or as often. No, no, we got to listen to Lee Sand bitch and cry on a radio show to get ratings. And we got to listen to scumbag Randy Spears. Like, Oh, I had a drug problem. And that's porn's fault. That's porn's fault that you had a drug problem. Okay, sure. All right, you know, but yeah, that's it. So with that being said, now we can move on to the pro wrestling smoke side of things. You know how we started every day, all day, all the time, the sultry, velvet voice of one of the greatest commentators of all time. I'm talking about the one and only Gordon Soli. It's now time for the Gordon Soli Poetry Corner. We've got it all. Welcome, friends, to another edition 
of Gordon Soley's Poetry Corner. I heard you guys were having a conversation about ladies in your line of work for the wrestling industry, Bobby. I got to tell you, I had a very exotic and wonderful weekend with the famous and brilliant Mildred Burke. That was a long time ago. I was much, I was a much younger Gordon Soley back then. I guess you could say I had moves like Bobby Jaggers. And, you know, and it was, let me tell you, you haven't lived until you, until you, you spent the weekend with a double jointed woman that could do 500 free squats. But that's a story for another time. Today's poem, The Awares. And we should all be aware of women that could do 500 free squats. Why do we cling so tenaciously to life? Because it's the only thing we know. If this be the answer that explains life, there are but three classes of people. Those who are not aware, those who wish to be aware, and those who are aware. Only the latter lives, and he lives only by dying. Beautiful, beautiful words, beautiful words, Mr. So. Yeah, thank you very much. And back to you. Yes, and we are now back. Yes, you know, Gordon So. I swear, his poetry just amazes me every time, and it actually sets the tone for this side of the show. You know, that's why we always do it. Yeah. It always sets in the right tone because, like you said, being aware, just like aware of terrible booking. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. We talked about it on the last show, and uh, we're restructuring the shows to ba- basically we're going to make the one a little longer and this one shorter, and they're yeah. going to kind of have a little bit more to do with the other. So we're going to move some segments over to the other show yeah. and, and everything. Um, but I talked about this because, again, I've been losing my mind over Tony Khan's booking, and I basically bringing a new occasional segment called The Hypothetical Booker. And I'm going to lay out Love for it. you. I'm just basically. I just want you to let me explain how I would have booked the Mance Warner thing, just to point out how bad and lazy Tony's booking is, and just kind of listen. And then when I get to the end, tell me what you think as as opposed to what AEW did, as far as like having a match between Moxley and Mance Warner. Okay, um, you got okay. the floor. All right. So um, first off. We start three months out. You go, you approach Mance. You say, hey, we want to do this program with you. And you start him on a run. Okay, you give him whatever he needs. You book him. You help him get booked with the top indie companies across the U.S. Maybe get him a shot in Mexico. It's something with Japan. You book him only with the best uh, independent talent. And you, have, and you throw them a little extra money uh, on the arm. And they basically, Mance is on just this, you know, uh, to this march on Rome, he is just you know killing it, and because and he's cutting these promos and he's on fire, and you kind of help him, you know, get a little internet buzz really going. About anywhere from four to six weeks out on TV, mainly Dynamite, you start talking about how the AEW title is like no other title in the world. We say ours is the greatest prize in wrestling, and this and this is one of the reasons why we're going to allow outside people that aren't signed to AEW that we have no control over to come in and challenge for our belt. And then you announce that on the card of Ric Flair's retirement show, there's going to be this battle royal, and only the best of the best are going to be given an invitation 
to be in the battle royal, or maybe they win the battle of Los Angeles, or maybe they win this big tournament on the East Coast, and they also get invited to the battle royal. And you, you know, don't beat it to death, but you talk about, hey, Ric Flair is retiring and the end of an era, and you constantly bring up, and then throughout the weeks, you show, okay, this week, um, Sammy Callahan is part of the thing. You show like a two minute clip of Sammy Callahan, you know, like wrestling and making him look good, you know, little vignettes of, of the bigger names in the Battle Royal. Now <laughs> the Battle Royal, okay, and Mance goes over strong. He wins the Battle Royal in fantastic fashion. Now, here's the thing. Tony was like, oh, but you want it on Saturday. We got to have you on Wednesday show. No, no, no. No, no, no. For You don't have him on that. You don't have him have that match until two weeks out. So you have two Dynamites and two Rampages before he actually wrestles Moxley. And what you do on the first uh, Dynamite is show the ending, the last like couple of minutes of the Battle Royal, showing Mance Warner winning. And then you, you know, you have the uh, the announcers talk about how Mance Warner's been around. You talk about his upswing and everything. And then on uh, on uh, uh, Rampage, you do a mute. You, you license a really cool music that fits his character, and you play uh, a music video of Mance Warner again, looking like a million dollars. Then and then again, the announcers are talking more about him and about you know the Ric Flair thing and how AEW is going out there. And then next time. Later in the year, we're going to have uh, something coming from Japan. We're going to do a special Japan tournament where, you know, the winner of that tournament is going to come down. You know, we're going to do this like a couple times a year and we're going to always be mixing it up and, you know, so on. Now, uh, on the second Dynamite, now you're going to have Mance come out and be interviewed. But, of course, it's AEW, so we have to interrupt him. And you have a talent come out. With a gripe. Now, unfortunately, Tony only the only guy who's actually booked strong the entire time is fucking, you know, Orange Julius, but we're not going to use him. So some AEW talent with some kind of words is going to come out and interrupt uh, Mance in his, in his moment to uh, talk to the crowd because he's mad that why is this guy who's not even with AEW getting a shot at Moxley? Like, I'm here every day. What the fuck? And there could be a back and forth. And then guess what? A match gets signed for later that night. Which Mance, by the way, wins in, again, convincing fashion. And, and again, I don't know what guy you would pick uh, to, for him to beat, but somebody <laughs> lays down and, you know, he loses. Okay, so then uh, we'll take of argument Sammy Guevara. He beats Sammy Guevara. So then on Dynamite or on Rampage, your final Rampage, well, now, now finally we get to talk. Now they've seen him they 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 seen a little vignette when he when he qualifies for a battle royal then they saw him win the battle royal and you show that a couple of times then uh now you've seen him with a music video and you've seen him actually wrestle on AEW television you show you've seen the goods in action now he's gonna get the interview and he actually gets to talk and he talks about basically just kind of you know not getting his break and how he's like coming up you know like rocky style and out comes moxley and again, guys with similar styles, a little bit, you know, similar look and so on. And there's a back and forth and there's a show of mutual respect. But there's this kind of like I'm coming, you know, for it. I'm coming for it. And this is my shot. I'm going to lay it all out there. And then Moxley, you know, again, show respect. No, no fighting, no bullshit. Now we get to the actual Wednesday night dynamite where they're going to have the match. OK. And when they have the match, of course, you have Regal at the desk. And. 
the match starts off with Moxley just fucking kicking the fuck out of Mance. When I say beat the fuck out of Mance for like, I'm talking like eight to ten minutes. I'm talking like he caught Mance Warner in his house, in bed with his wife, falls deep in her virgin ass, and she's wailing like a banshee with a hemorrhoid, loving it. I'm talking like that kind of ass whooping, okay? Um, and, and he's busted open, but all of a sudden now Mance starts to make a comeback. And now he's fighting from underneath and he is just, you know, not giving in and he's kind of fighting back, fighting back. And then slowly but surely in the old school way in a like, you know, how Jerry Briscoe or Ric Flair used to do. It goes from uh, this is going to be this is basically just a, a glorified ass whooping to, hey, look, he's putting up a little bit of a fight to now he's now Moxley's a little bit in trouble. And you and you milk that to the point where even you have a hard ass like me sitting there going. Are they gonna fucking have him win this thing for like three days or lose? Like, are they gonna have this fucking guy win? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you know, like literally push it to that degree, to the point throughout the entire match, Moxley is trying to get that bulldog choke, and either uh, he will not tap and he makes it to the ropes, or he's somehow able to avoid it or break it. But finally, Moxley gets that choke, and he's got it locked in. Now, of course, he looks like he's starting to fade, but the referee. Goes to ring the bell, but at the last second, uh, you know, Manson reaches out and grabs his wrist, and he's got bloodshot eyes. They're bulging out of his head. He's got spit. He's got that look when you get when you're being choked, and he gives him a stare of like, "Don't you, I'm still here? Don't you fucking ring that bell?" So it goes on for a little longer until eventually Mance is choked out, and the ref now because he's seen Man, uh, Mance fight out of this choke several times, and literally with his death grasp. Stop him from ringing the bell. Now he's like checking his eyes and kind of giving him a little smack on the face. And really, you know, it, like it, the choke has now kind of gone too long, but he has to make sure because Mance has been refusing to give up. And basically, the match is over. And Mance is left there unconscious, face down. And Moxley kind of looks down on him. And he, you know, ha- kind of has gives a nod of respect, but leaves the ring area. Now, here's the thing this is key. Number one, Excalibur, shut the fuck up. Excalibur ceases to speak from this moment on. He says nothing, okay? So, what you have now is you have kind of, you know, Ross and Taz talking and, you know, going, wow, what a fight, you know, how great this guy was. This guy came, you know, to get it, this, that, and the other thing. I've never seen a man fight like this. And then, now you have Jerry Lynn, which is symbolic. People who know wrestling history, they're, they're trying to wake him up. And if you've ever been choked out, there is a sense of, like, you don't realize, you don't know that you've been choked out you kind of wake up like wait what's going on and essentially what you're seeing is now mance is bloodied beaten and he's on his knees and so is jerry lynn looking him right in the eye and jerry lynn's trying to explain to him through the fog of coming back to life you, you know you lost like it's over like it, like mance thinks it's still going on it's like no 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 it's over you lost it's done and as as he realizes oh i got choked out i lost the match now you see just utter heartbreak come over his face and his hands go up to his face and his, and his head and hands go to the ground and he's like in a little ball. And now, you know, Taz and, and Ross are talking in kind of hushed tones of like, you know, you hate to see it. You know, you laid on the line. You show a, a, a quick glimpse, a glimpse of Regal, who's also not saying anything. By the way, Excalibur is still not saying a fucking thing, but you could see the heartbreak 
in the eyes of Regal. Regal, even though his guy won and he's happy, he's heartbroken to see this guy. And and it's taking and you know he's you know Mance is kind of just doubled over because anybody in life who's ever taken a risk, who's ever said fuck it, I'm going for it, I'm going to move across country, I'm going to try to get that promotion, I'm going to try to be a wrestler, porn star, comedian. Everybody can relate to the to the feeling of going out there and giving it everything you got. You gave it everything. There was nothing left, and you still failed. That crushing feeling of fuck. I literally there was nothing left to give. Everybody could relate to that, and you let the crowd see Mance have that realization as Jerry Lynn is explaining to him, "It's over, man. You had your shot. You lost." So then Mance gets back up, and he's still on his knees, and he kind of pulls off his like singlet top thing, and he kind of you could just see him take a deep breath, and you could see him nut up. And he kind of stands up and, you know, the pain and the agony is across his face. I mean, literally, the man's beating himself near death to try to win this title. And he, you know, he kind of looks around the crowd and, you know, in a very Clint Eastwood way, kind of just gives a very subtle nod of thank you to the crowd. Who now at this point, if they got any kind of fucking heart, are up and giving him a standing ovation because they were not expecting any of this and Mance walks out on his own two feet battered beaten heartbroken but to live to fight another day and you have Ross and Taz two masterful commentators telling of the story of this guy again and just talking about like the heart of this man like I don't think we've seen the last of him like this is a man like I got and you have Taz like I didn't really think it was gonna be this much of a fight like I can't believe what I saw you have Regal say something, and Regal Regal could say, I like mac and cheese, and wrestling fans would eat more mac and cheese, okay? Because <laughs> everybody loves Regal, and Regal is kind of, again, you kind of do quick pans of Regal. Regal is kind of touched. Like, Regal, you know, is, is, you know, feeling for this guy, even though his man won, and his man's the world champion. And, you know, kind of Roxy goes up to the ramp, turns around, one last, you know, kind of you know, tip of the hat, and he walks off. Now, there's a, a a secondary booking you could do to Mance if you want to put him on the contract and bring him back, but that's another another time. But that's how I would have booked bringing Mance Warner in to wrestle Moxley. Now, you know how AEW did it. Now, and now that's how I personally, if I was put in charge, like, that's how I would have booked the match. And you tell me which one, like, if as a wrestling fan, not a, the co-host of a show with me, what do you think? Like, what do you think of that particular? Well, okay. First off, let me make this clear. I'm a huge Mass Warner fan, so that's one. I mean, I like that, like, but, you know, he uh, no, I, 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 let, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. And from MLW, what happened, I always felt he had potential because his character, plus, he's a pretty good wrestler, pretty good worker. Um, AW. <clears throat> When they bring in anyone that poses to be challenged for a world title or any of your belts, they don't build up the character. They just automatically make the assumption that that crowd, that fan base, whomever is watching Dynamite and Rampage at that night is going to know who that person is instead of building the anticipation. You know, pretty like when we talk about with, with, with porn, like what I 
came from, where we did trailers to build anticipation. We we did trailers before we dropped it. You know, now they just drop shit. AEW just drop shit. It's like, yeah, we're gonna have a kind of challenge uh uh Moxley next week. And you like, and you might have a motherfucker don't even know who the fuck Okada is. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? They start to watch. You feel me? So it's kind of like you're not making the person a big deal. It's like, even with me, as much as I like Mance, they did not mention one time about Mance won a, they didn't mention prior. Well, exactly. That was, the whole, that was the whole point of the booking. It, it, but see, that's the point. We saw the commercials for, for Rick's last match. We didn't see them mention it and say that there's going to be a, a battle royal that makes him win the title. Nor do we see, you know, footage from, like you said, the battle royal. It's kind of like, even with the old school shit, it's like when they brought in somebody from the outside of challenge for a belt, you kind of got to see him. You you saw a match that he did with somebody. Because um, I never forget with like with Florida, they were talking when, when I think Gordon was talking to uh, Jack Briscoe and they were showing a match that Dory had. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. kind of like, like, like and understand territory-wise, Dory was, he might have been down there, but he wasn't a regular. Yeah. Meaning that he's, he's, he's one of the mainstays in Florida. He's there to defend the title or for a little small stint. So, of course they're going to build it up. This is a world title match. That means your AEW belt is so fucking important that people on the outside of your company is breaking their neck to, put, to sign a one-day check. You get a one-day check to come got them, come fuck with you. And you're not telling people the story of who is challenging him. So, no, your booking is spot on. Because, like, like I said, even to the point where it could have been where Mance jumped the motherfucker. And Mance even Mance even mentioned in his promo that he actually outlasted 30 people to get the chance. It was even Mitch, he didn't even mention his promo. So people it became like this, for example, right? I I'm gonna liken this to boxing. I know you watch boxing. You have a boxing match, right? And let's say it's these two headliners. They they the top of the line. One of them happened, let's say, get COVID. So they got to replace the motherfucker with somebody. You're not going to be as excited about this person because you didn't see the hype for this fight, the commercials for this fight. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? And then you get somebody or your, your, your favorite or top boxer but fighting against somebody that is a nobody. You know what I'm saying? Even yeah. a motherfucker might have had like three losses, but it's, he's like a nobody. You never even heard of this motherfucker. It's just kind of like it's but, just and, no, and no here's one. the thing. Uh, now again, this is like again, this is going to be an occasional segment, the hypothetical booker when I see something really egregious. And I want to make one thing very clear. I don't think I'm a booking genius. I don't think it's exactly you know, brain science, what I laid out, it's literally wrestling 101, where you take a guy from out of nowhere that's not signed, who really does not have a conventional look. And, you know, you basically made him somebody. And again, you told 
a story and you got him invested to the point where you went from who the fuck is this guy who looks like my uncle who comes to Thanksgiving and gets drunk and hits on my daughter's like friend, like, Oh, you're 16 now, huh? Uh, you know? And, but you know, but then go from that to like, Holy shit, this fucking guy, you know, like you, you feel for him and then your heart breaks when he loses. It's that's how bad I, you know, again, booking long-term, very difficult. I don't know if I could do it. I do know this. I can book way fucking better than Tony Khan and all that booking all that extra flying mance around to special uh, indie events and kind of greasing the palm of his opponent to kind of really put some oomph in it and whatever drops in the bucket compared to what you probably pay Chris Jericho in a month. And, you know, then you could have signed the guy or brought him back for periodic shots where the crowd's now invest. Now, you now, know who now, he is. Now, 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 here's the other kicker. Why even go to Mance? You have. Let's see here. Uh, what's my boy's name in Ring of Honor? You have shit. You could have Josh Woods go against him since you had brought Ring of Honor anyway. Well, here's the thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, where, where, where's my boy? Guy, I can't think his name with the boys. Uh, Castle something. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You, it's it, it it's like this. The problem with and this is with WWE and AEW both combined. Is that they even with Triple H? Because I don't be, okay. He's a wrestler. I get all that, but they don't understand the quintessential point of booking. And what I mean is, you want people to, you want your show combined to be so fucking good that every segment nobody wants to miss even down to the women's segment yeah and and the thing is like with Mance I actually if you actually brought him in like he was something the look and everything it works whereas if you're going to just bring him in cold again he looks like your drunken redneck uncle that you only see on Thanksgiving and, you know, your dad's like, he's only allowed to drink beer. Don't let him get near any hard liquor. Um, and I like the idea of, okay, you know, like I said, a battle royal here. You know, there might be a special tournament in Japan between all the different companies. And then that guy gets a shot. And again, we have no say who, who wins the tournament and so on and so forth. And then, like, again, you do it two, three times a year. And, and then, of course, if you're going to keep doing it, eventually somebody would have to win or you, or you maybe move it over to like the Atlantic title or the TV title. But, you know, again, especially with Mance, Mance has a very unique look and, you know, you have to prepare the crowd because again, the guy has a Cactus Jack look and Cactus Jack did not get over on his looks. He got over on his ability to work and his willingness to take risks and his promo and Mance is willing to take risks. He is a good worker and he could do a promo. But again, he looks like my weird step uncle. You need to tell me who this guy is. And, you know, it just even even though I was listening to Cornette and Brian and, and Brian, they've been saying the same thing. The show is completely disjointed. Nobody is special. Nothing makes sense. It's all hodgepodge. Tony is pushing this, like bringing in random dudes to the point where even us, like smart marky guys who know a lot of shit are like, who the fuck is this guy? And it's it's like I don't it's literally like ADHD booking 
And it's just lazy. Like, and, and again, nobody is telling him like, dude, this show has no direction. It has no point. And again, like just nobody is special. Like nobody is special. That's why the, the hardest part of me booking that whole thing is like, okay, who could I put in the ring with Mance that can get to eat, eat a loss and not completely, you know, sh- ruin his shit? Because the only people that are been booked strong, besides the, the guys that are like beyond being fucked with, like Brian and Moxley and Jericho, it's that stupid jerk off uh, pockets. And I'm sorry, but Mance beating him to me, it's like okay, you, know, you, you beat the mascot, you beat the, um, you beat the gimmick. Oh joy. You know, actually, actually, the person if if I had fed someone to it, it probably would have been Darby because because you're not because apparently they're not pushing Darby into the heavyweight type of division right now. So, and him being one of the pillars, plus, um, he could have Darby could have the kind of match that could probably showcase. Man's the best. Oh, I, I have no doubt that I mean Darby could do a lot of shit, and ironically, the the par- the irony of the quagmire of Darby is he was somebody who was genuinely hot that they really could have, but no, he kind of floundered. I guess you know maybe he should have uh, put his hands in his pockets of those uh, Daisy Dukes more. You know, and he would have carried more favor with Tony. Took the TNT title off of him too quick. Well, yeah, and and here's the other thing. We talk about how there's no feuds. The one feud in all of AEW is a feud nobody fucking cares about. I'm over the Brody, you know, like now it's starting to be like, okay, now now it's just Brody. So, like, are you just keeping him with Brody because you literally don't know what to do with him next? Because now this is a kid. This is a kid. I am sorry. Brody is a missed opportunity. Oh, yeah. Everybody's a fucking missed opportunity. It it like this. Truthfully, even him and if it like this with Brody King, he don't necessarily need to be with the House of Black. It's nice that they had. Well, there's no more House of Black. Yeah. Everybody left but him, and he stuck with the girl that makes the face. They they coming back. (laughs) Tony always said that. There's no releases. Well, no, I mean, and your boy, and your boy, you know why? Go ahead. No, because now uh, Impact's not the worst place to go. And now, again, everybody's like rushing to Noah's Ark that is Triple H WWE. And now, and also, Tony has has basically dropped the ball. It was like, oh, this is going to be this utopia where we're actually going to be used. It's going to be a mix of people that weren't used by the WWE and these new stars. And it hasn't been. And again, Darby is somebody that you really could have done something with. And Again, like Adam Cole. Did he get to be Adam Cole? No. Fucking Pockets did. Does he get title shots? No. Fucking Pockets does. Um, I'm sorry. I don't want to steal somebody else's gimmick. Orange Julius, um, does he get protected and always look like he's a badass and basically makes everybody look like an idiot? No. That's Julius's job. And then he also gets two dumb cohorts, a bobblehead and a fucking man with better tits than my girlfriend. And and also, uh, uh, what do you call it? Another missed opportunity. Uh is uh, Danhausen. The guy had the biggest indie buzz ever. The guy had his own, he was like his own cottage industry. Now he just comes out and does, and that's it. Like, he literally, like, it's just, I don't understand. MMJ was interesting. Now, peep this, because I know that uh, the rumor mill was, I guess, 
or the dirt she's talking about that Andrade <clears throat> wanted to release away. And I well, was thinking, course, about I, mean, it. I mean, Jesus Christ, like he. It's literally okay. the same thing every week. He's trying to buy people. And- okay, first of all, Andrade. Okay, I had to tell people. Okay, look, I'm gonna break this down. People, y'all want to know the reason why Eddie Guerrero was so loved? It wasn't just his bravado. It just was his wrestling. The motherfucker could cut a promo in English or Spanish. Andrade can barely speak English. Which- I'm really surprised by it because he's been in the U.S. a long time now, and he was like and he married to Charlotte. <laughs> well, apparently Charlotte also knows some Spanish. But here's the other thing: he doesn't have the charisma of an Eddie Guerrero, and th- and you put him with a manager, a mouthpiece that doesn't talk like he's just there. <sighs> I want that job. Right? Which is a better talking to him? Let me come out in the suit. I can follow Andrade. And you know, not do anything. And, Look, and to be honest with you, I'm willing to take a bump. I, I you know, uh, I mean, you have these guys. That's the other thing. Oh, we're gonna, they're trying to bring back managers. All your managers suck. And you have guys coming out with women. Yo, that, hey, that, that don't get you right. You got Selena Delarenta, who is out there, free agent. You ain't got her with Andrade in that crew. Did your mouthpiece and she's gorgeous. But again, she wrestle and, and she'll take a bump, nigga. But here's the thing: it, again, it comes <laughs> down to you're gonna have somebody with a mouthpiece. Then, then they actually have to, uh, then they actually have to be a mouthpiece. And again, though, it's the same thing like even when he comes out with the, with the suit and the mask it makes no sense and the, and the suit looks dumb on him because the jacket's open in the back you can tell and you know oh he's supposed to have money or whatever and it's like no have the guy talk for him he's a little budget air patrol <laughs> I mean a fort- and then you stick it with Rouge who Rouge just kind of has go home heat with me it's like I just don't yeah. like the guy he, he just I just don't like him no, uh, I, but, I, 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 I like I like Roosh better than I like Dan Andrade, honestly. But I mean, it's just kind of like again, like same thing with you know again Miro. Like Miro is nowhere to be found. I, I'm sorry, I get. I'm sure there are probably people, or like one day this podcast is really going to take off and people are going to go back to the old episodes and they're going to be like, "Oh, you're all wrong about it, uh, Orange Julius." No, I'm not. Because I'm not saying he's a bad person. I'm saying it's a lame gimmick that basically the only reason why it's gotten as far as it's gotten is because Tony won't let it die. And you can't tell me that an Andrade, a Miro, uh, you know, uh, a, a Jay Lethal, a a fucking, um, I don't know. Who, I mean, uh, like, like a Darby Allen. You can't tell me that they're not a little offended that this fucking idiot is on TV time and again. And even when he loses, he's made to look way better than he should. What? Because Tony, again, it's like dumb, lame gimmick. And he's stuck with like shitty jobbers. Even the Battle Royals, you have the guys that should be kind of in your upper mid card getting getting eliminated by fucking doofuses. Like it's, it's, I think he thought it was going to be one thing. And now he realizes like, again, when you start a wrestling company, especially at the scale that he did, it takes on a life of its own, and if you're going to have other jobs, you like again, the wrestling is year round. It's year round, and you're dealing with creative people, and 
you know, you pro and again, also the roster is just so bloated. Remember when, um, okay. So like, again, I keep forgetting there's people on the roster, uh, Sonny kiss apparently turned heel for the guy that used to work at the Olive Garden. We ain't seen him since. Yeah, that's because you made a big Oh, this guy used to work at NXT and the Olive Garden, and then he came here, and, and now he has Sonny Kiss with him, and now they're gone. And I'm mad as shit because I asked him, like, Slim J. I'm sorry, but Slim J showed out in his match, the match they had. It's um, like the guys, it's like this to me. The guys that he should have on that roster that would show out, he don't have. Uh, what do you call it? Um, oh, what was I gonna say? Son of a bitch. Uh, fuck. Uh, uh, son of a bitch. I just lost my train of thought. Um, with uh, Sonny again, it's it's just like okay, why did you even bother with that if he's not gonna he's not gonna do anything with him. And also, Sonny Kiss had not been on TV forever, and you have him do a turn. When I think about it, I've never seen that in wrestling before, really, AEW. I mean, because if you really think about it. Okay, now I remember what I was going to say. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Well, I'm just going to say this real quick. Even in the NWA days, everybody got used. Yeah, <laughs> George South. We saw him like damn near every other week, and he was a jobber. Okay, tag team or single, uh, Rocky King. <laughs> yeah, but and 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 here's the thing. Okay, Private Party did such a great job on a random match. They got signed the contracts. Now the only thing that's evolved about private party is their ring gear looks way better than it did when they started. Yeah. They look like a couple of jerk offs when they first started. Now they actually look good, but just there's no evolution. They've done nothing. Doesn't mean you're not going to win the tag titles because Tony's already proven that we're going to job out a tag team on our two biggest shows and then we're going to have them win the world title because we told the audience one time Actually, not even on the show. I think at a press conference, oh, they're the winningest tag team because they they fight on our quote unquote YouTube shows. And it's like Tony, this is this is not pretend. Here's the thing: in if we're going to do fancy booking in porn, guess what? I've already worked with Sarah J. Sarah J. loves me. Right now, I'm avoiding my phone because I have a three way I have a three way bidding war between um uh uh fucking. Uh, God damn it. Uh, Sarah J, Alexis Texas, and Joanna Angel. They're all, I fucked them all. They all loved it. And they all want me to work for their company, but they won't leave me alone. And I, and they already tore off a bunch of my clothes, like tugging on it, going, Billy, Billy, we need you. And it's like, no, ladies, don't touch the hair. No, don't love me like you do. Don't quit tugging on my silk drawers, you know, and put in whatever. So now I'm, so now I'm sitting in my home. You know, I got a couple of girls in the back waiting to just do everything I want, you know, and but they're just blowing up my phone. I've had to use I'm I'm doing this on my iPod because my phone just keeps vibrating so much. None of that's true. That's true. And if it was and here's the best part, if it was, you would know about it because I would never stop talking about it. To the point where people would take shots at me, literal gunshots at me to shut me up. But Tony is just like, yeah. They won a bunch of shit, and it's like, really? Oh, here's another thing. Um, 
fucking and FTR, who have been treated like shit for no reason, uh, actually made uh, what's that? Made a comment in Japan saying, "Hey, Tony, we still work for you. Book us." And that's the other thing. Explain to me why FTR is never on your show. They're not in your video game, and they're treated like. It, and the best part about this, they're the tag team that everybody wants to see. They basically, with the help of the Briscoes, made FTR made the two Ring of Honor pay per views that you had worth buying because that's they wanted want to see them. So it's like you know, that's that's what uh you know. But no, we're not going to book them either. We got to book, you know, the Dork Order. We got to, or the George Coolidge Gang. We got to book the uh, uh, tits and uh, the head and tits. That's the head and tits express. You know, we got to book, you know, them uh, and everything. And again, I would be fucking offended if I were FTR and fucking man boobs and, you know, a couple of mass jobbers and a midget all get booked all the time and are made to look way stronger. Then here's the thing. George South was a glor- was a jobber on TV. Actually, no, he doesn't even deserve that. He was a carpenter. He helped build the house, but he was always portrayed and acted serious. And he was always kind of a threat. Even Arn Anderson, like talking at a high level of shit and having disdain for everybody, always kept a side eye on George South when he was in the ring because if you fuck around, George will catch it and pin you. These guys are act like idiots. Then go in there and all of a sudden, oh, well, they're really just complete badasses. It's like, no, no, there's a reason why when Jerry Lewis was doing the bellhop, he didn't all of a sudden turn into uh, Liam Neeson and start McCraw McGovern, the fucking everybody in the middle of the movie, you know, because he's Jerry Lewis. He's supposed to be wacky and fall down and say, lady with the Ivan and the Cleveland and the Ivan, you know, uh, you know, or actually, like Ivan, this wrestling is terrible. You know, it's just, it's, it's just, you know, he's just kind of making it up as it goes along. And I really believe, and I think he's probably kind of having a massive manic attack because, like, nobody can leave, and every he can't take any criticism. And when he does these media scrums, he literally just rambles on, and he rambles on, and he rambles on, to the point where it's like, dude, he asked you what you had for lunch. Like what? Like what the fuck? And I think it's more work than he thought. And you gave way too much power to people that really should never had it. And you know, and and unfortunately, when you're dealing with creative people, you know, sometimes you're not the center of attention. Sometimes you, you know, again, I did a great job for a couple of companies. I don't know when I'm going to get to work for them again. And I look on the social media, and they're using the same guys over and over again, which. That's not a knock. Those guys are awesome, and they deserve that spot. Uh, and those companies are awesome. I love working for them, and that's the problem. I love working for them. I want to work for them again. But, you know, it's really frustrating that I kind of got to, you know, wait or fight to get back on set and everything. And it's frustrating. And it's, you know, to the point where if anybody called me up tomorrow and said, hey, I want to sign you or I want to use you a lot, it's like, all right, let's go. You know, I was talking to somebody that talked about building a team. I said, hey, I'm a free fucking agent. If you're going to use me, I'm there. And Tony, I really did not. I think he thought it was going to be one big fan fest for him. And he's making it worse by being defensive and showing the cracks and uh, rewarding a guy who caused a lot of shit unnecessarily. And he's not passing off shit to the right people like 
again, you really should not be the booker because you're not booking. You're basically reaching into a bowl and pulling out a name. Like, so-and-so is going to wrestle this guy. Well, he doesn't work there. Well, fly him in. You know, I mean, yeah. he's got too many guys. And again, it's nice that he lets people, you know, uh, and usually, again, this is actually indicative of the environment that AEW's in. He's not going to fire anybody. So you have like a, like a year, sake of argument, you have eight months left on your contract. Uh, say, say it's 250 grand. Uh, and you're literally somebody who has no right making 250 grand. But Tony doesn't want to fire you. So he's going to essentially just pay you. And, and, but here's the thing though, you can go and wrestle for other companies. So you're making money on that. And you have an environment where this guy just, you hired him and you're way overpaying him. I mean, even if you just want to hire him to build him up, you shouldn't have started him at that pay and you don't have the balls to fire him. And you're dealing with people that are so entitled and so inexperienced on doing business. It's so up their own ass that they actually will go on social media and go, this fucking asshole paid me for eight months. For two, I'm like, okay, when's he, uh, can I, can I, can I get a job? Can I have a job? Uh, Tony, you pay me six months to sit at home and I don't give a shit. You could get caught literally eating a baby and I will go on the news and defend you. You pay me six figures to sit at home for like a year. I don't give a fuck if they catch you in mid-chew. I'd be like, you know what? He, you know, in this in this country where he spent some time, you know, like whatever, you know what? The baby was an asshole. I don't give a shit. The baby was a dick, you know? Let's look at our parents. <laughs> I'll go on the news because, like, you know, and that's the environment you're dealing with. You're dealing with entitled people that aren't taking the opportunity seriously, and you're taking somebody with also no experience who is so up their own ass that they can't admit, admit semi-defeat. And I'm not going to lie. I don't know what the fuck's going on with the Warner Brother Discovery merger because this asshole who's like going to be the head of it seems to not realize like you're a, a head of a movie television company. Like he wants to cancel all programs. He doesn't want to make anything. He wants to like take stuff off the internet. It's like, okay, dude, you, you realize you're not running a library, right? You know? Uh, and if I were him, I think right now he has all the reasons in the world to go, you know what? I don't want this. It's like, it's terrible. Like we're going to get a wrestling program, but not yours. You're done because the show is, I mean, it's cancelable. And also, I've heard stories about they're trying to tell people not to curse. And what's everybody doing when they're doing their bad promo? They're fucking cursing. I know. I we, we, like, we I think we know. I think is this with this, and then and then we got to switch gears in a, in a second. Um, I think they're good when it comes to TV. Um, the reason why I say that because they're doing the numbers that makes them happy. You get what I'm saying? It, it, Trust me, it's the only thing that they, he's trying to figure out right now is trying to get Ring of Honor on a, how can I put this, Ring of Honor on a streaming service or a channel or what have you. Because like I, I said, the big block for him is the fact that the Briscoe Brothers is a part of the package of Ring of Honor, and we know how they feel about the Briscoe Brothers. And, and here's the funny thing, um, I was so gung-ho. Now I'm kind of hoping it doesn't make a comeback. Like, again, the booking of uh, 
of the Irish I mean, title. You, you, you basically upset and lost the talent in Jonathan Grisham by taking the belt off him and you put it on Cesaro, which I'm sorry, I think you could have handled Grisham. I think you could have talked to Grisham and kept and, and, and you know and and saved that relationship. <laughs> but you put a world title on the guy that should have been a world champion like seven times already. And feel good moment. It, and then he had me, to run. It, it, to me, it like this. To me, when it comes to Malachi Black, Buddy Murphy. Now it's it, okay. Mental health. Okay, I understand that. I have my mental health issues also. But this, I to me. You got to be realistic about your situation when you in it when you in a company like AEW or WWE. Once again, you was Ring of Honor. Let's make this perfectly clear. Ring of Honor was going under before this shit was bought. Ring of Honor won't do shit. Actually, Ring of Honor was doing his worst TV when Gresham was champ. Well, because I, I, I mean, I mean, j- just to be honest with you, yeah, because, because I, Sinclair I wasn't doing anything with it, and they had the same Booker, Delirious, who was okay Booker, but yeah, obviously but so, not. But, but Apple's on. But regardless of why they won't doing well, they won't doing well. So now you come into AEW, okay? It Booker T didn't see a world title, goddamn, or a push when he first walked into motherfucking WWE, but so much. You still got to earn it. It's it's see that's the thing about a lot of wrestlers, even to some of the women that's in porn, even some of these dudes, they walk in thinking they're entitled. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You have to earn it. Gresham ain't earned shit. Now granted, well, Gresham, now granted, Gresham know he they, they had they had put him on TV or what have you, but Gresham had the opportunity. Uh what do you call to, it? Um uh, in, well, actually, Buddy Murphy is the only one that I don't give a fuck about because, like, yeah. dude, you've been there five minutes and you're already crying, and you were way underneath talent in the WWE. It's like he's the only one with like the least amount of uh, of, of right to gripe. It's like, dude, dude, your best storyline was you was dating Ray Mysterio's daughter. I didn't even know that was the storyline. <laughs> I know he was. I know he was dating or uh, banging uh, Alexa Bliss for a while, uh, and um, and they were engaged at one time. But again, for him, it's like, dude, you've been like Miro. Talk to Miro about frustration. Talk to FTR. Talk to fucking you know the only one that's actually the smartest fucking guy in the company is Colt Cabana because he's not saying a goddamn thing and he's taking that he's check and he's yeah. taking that check. And he's running around the world wrestling. He got motherfuckers fighting for him and everything. He said a word. I've never had anybody stick up for me for an offense that didn't happen. <laughs> I have never, I have never had somebody go, "You can't say that about him." What? That thing you said. I didn't say anything. That's right. And you, ah, I got you. He's like, what? And, you know, so basically this fat-faced oh. rhinestone cowgirl fucking got her petticoat in an uproar over nothing. And again, they weren't using Colt for shit. And they actually made him look goofier than Colt already made himself. And and again, how are you going to teach this stupid fuck a lesson? Give him a, give him a, give him a bunch of title shots. That'll, that'll learn him. You know, actually, you know what, Sarah J, 
I showed up late and I want more money. And you know what? I think you look terrible with cornrows. You know what's going to teach me a lesson? Sucking my sorrow out my ass while you uh, get one of your really hot friends to blow me. That'll learn me. I'll never insult your cornrows after that. So now we're going to have to switch up lanes because we have some pay-per-view that is I wanted to preview. And we probably end up reviewing this at some point. Um, is it, what, uh, I think it's WWE pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is the sad part of the show. <laughs> Oh, this is a hot show. I love this. I would enjoy publishing this motherfucker. Well, Extreme Rules, ladies and gentlemen. We have Extreme Rules. Um, the, the gimmick pay-per-view that WWE does. And before even that, I, I have a gripe with a booking that they're doing, which is actually involved in this Extreme Rules. Like, one of the matches, of course, is a pit fight match, pitting Matt Riddle against Seth Rollins. Now, what's interesting is Seth Rollins also beefing with the U.S. champ. And I'm like, okay, you beefing with Lashley. At the same time, <laughs> um, Riddle. And it's kind of like Why? I mean, if if you're going to have Seth go for the U.S. title, have him go for the U.S. title, why not have the U.S. champion in an Extreme Rules match? You you having this pit fight match. It's like you jumping the court before the horse. You get where I'm coming from? Yeah. You know, so, but, yeah, they're probably having this pit fight match. Daniel Cormier supposed to be the referee. Um... I'm, 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 I don't know what to say about this match, actually. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, the WWE, again, you're having, you literally are like, oh, we can't have blood and we're a family thing. And then you're going to have an entire pay-per-view full of <laughs> matches that, you know, that really don't, again, they can't get blood. They can't be too violent. Like, then why have them? Um, and, uh, I just, uh, I don't understand. I don't get, you know, I don't get a lot of what, cause again, you can't serve all masters. It's like, uh, you want to be PG company? Fine. Be PG company. Don't have hell in cells. Don't have extreme matches. Do your stupid storylines, you know, do your PG bullshit. That's why EW should be like PG-13 and maybe Impact should go for the R, you know, or maybe a, a, a fourth or maybe a new third company goes, well, fuck it. They're doing Disney. They're doing kind of, you know, teen dramedy, you know, a little bit you know, creeping up on R. We'll just do flat out R. And, you know, um, and again, it's really not that hard to do something different. And essentially it's just doing less and demanding more of the talent in a way like, okay, I'm going to demand more of you, but not you going through tables or, like, uh, being dropped on your head. I want you to talk more. I want you to take some initiative in your, in, you know, drawing out your storylines or coming up with a different character. And now, 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 I'm going to tell you what's funny, right? Now, if I do recall, okay, I think the pit match that they had 
the first one was I think oh, uh, Owen Hart versus what was it, Shamrock. Yeah, that was terrible. I remember how bad it was. Yeah, and then we had I think Ciampa versus Riddle in NXT, which I have to admit was basically a cage match with no ring ropes. <laughs> that I, okay. Really uh, you actually just reminded me of something. Um, I mean, like you know, with with and again, this, these these wrestlers nowadays, you know, like again with the uh, personal issues, they got to cry about it. Uh, I rewatched the greatest cage match ever with Tully Blanchard and Magnum TA at Starcade '85, and these guys had legitimate personal issues where Magnum was dating or eventually now married to Tully's ex and, you know, and, and Ray and helped raise Tessa. And at the time, these two were competitive in the uh, NWA and Crockett promotions. And they genuinely, there was genuine hatred and heat. And these two really are having a fight. And they really, like at one point, I think Tully is biting, literally biting, uh, you know, to break skin on Magnum TA and they're taking the mic and shoving it in each other's face, uh, you know, uh, you know, and, and they're yeah. not even saying no, they're like screaming because Tully's got his 12 like... 12 fucking minutes of brutality, people. Yeah. It felt and, like it was 30 minutes, but it was yeah. 12 minutes. And I guarantee it you... My head up when I saw how long the match was, how short it was. And here's the best part. I guarantee you uh, they wouldn't be thrilled about it, but you can make Magnum and Tully have that match every day for two weeks to go around the loop. Because essentially, it's them just hitting each other really fucking hard in in safe places, uh, and you got guys doing this shit where they're getting injured all the time. And again, they're getting into fights or getting into you know, like if if Punk and everybody would have kept their heads about them, they I mean, the amount of money they would have been able to draw. But also, they it's a completely different cage match. But now it's like, oh, I got to do 187 high spots. And then I'm gonna be be beaten by a small package. See, I'm gonna go front though. The rivalry between Seth Rollins and Riddle was heated. They did a good job of making it heated, but then they cooled it off when they added him going for the U.S. Championship. You get where I'm coming from? Uh-huh. It's it's like okay, if this is a pit fight. The energy that they had, where they were jumping each other, beating each other, it came to this point. We have no choice. You basically, basically, damn near put this dude out of wrestling. You you basically told him that his wife and his kids don't want shit to do with him. It ain't got that personal. To where Riddle got tired and started cussing out, cussing goddamn Seth Rollins out. You feel me? And then. Right after y'all announced his pit fight, oh, we got Bobby Lashley and, and Seth Rollins having a match. Now they're in the midst of a feud for the U.S. Championship. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, by the way, the uh, uh, Alpha Academy is beefing with Riddle. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah. You did reminded us like last week. Oh yeah, it's a pit fight between y'all. Yeah, that's right. Y'all, yeah, yeah. Hey, Seth, go out there and say something about the pit fight. That what that what it felt like. I I don't know. <laughs> I I just I don't it, know. for two weeks we had no interaction with him and Riddle. It literally. 
You know what I'm saying? Because I it, it, until what last week, the week before, no, actually this week, the week of, come to think about it, like this past Monday. It's, yes, because last week, uh, Bobby went against. No, Bobby went against him and won, but Riddle came out and, and distracted him. Out. Yeah, Riddle came out and distracted him. But the point being is, you having him and Bobby now, him and Bobby beefing. So now you're talking about him and Bobby supposed to have, after this match, a U.S. title match. Uh, again, it's, it's, it's basically they're saying. Um, you have to, yeah, this is why it, they're basically saying, Oh, he's important now, this makes sense, and that's it. Again, they make a comparison. Uh, I had a scene drop recently with Peyton Thomas, and she wanted to work with me because the last scene we did together was selling very, very well. So, we did a thing where I played a priest, which I've done before, uh, that I probably will do several times. I'm kind of working on a recurring character, and she played a nun, and it was a good scene, and it was. Like, you know, we did it in character in the whole nine. And she just dropped it herself. And we got a review uh, from a fan that she put on Twitter. And the fan is talking about, like, it was hilarious. It was funny, but also hot and sexy. And 10 out of 10 and this, that, and the other thing. And this is her fan. Okay. Um, and, you know, again, the story started at point A. Went to point B, C, D. So everything happened and we stayed in character and it all made sense and again it wasn't like oh you're a nun with big tits i am a priest with a big shillelagh and now we shall now should we now we should do all this sin between page 384 and you know 403 no it was like okay this is why blah 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 it all made sense and basically rather than doing that they just go oh uh now bobby is important again even though we've been beating him into the ground or oh uh, this makes sense. So this guy is where it's that's it. That, that that's the big push. Both WWE and AW just go. Oh yeah, this is a this is what we're doing this week. And fans kind of go, all right. Whereas actual people are like, no, no, you no, what what no no. What are you, what are you talking about? And and that's the thing. It's uh. And I don't know why you would include Lashley. You know, if I were them, I would try to rehabilitate Lashley and give him a clear, definitive thing to, you know, don't have him be a B player in somebody else's feud. Uh, when, the, when the real issue is between Seth and Riddle, well, now he's a B player. And I guarantee you, if he's getting involved, guess who's going to lose the U.S. title? And then guess who's going to be fighting over that U.S. title? You know, that's 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 the only reason why I could think of you would involve Bobby. It's oh to take the belt off. So you could have uh, you know, they did that to Punk, you know, it was Jericho and, and Michael's feuding. So okay, now we're gonna take that off off of you so they can have the belt, uh, so they can kinda keep their feud going. No rhyme or reason. So, yeah, so now let's move on to the, the next match uh that was going on. Um is the latter match for the women's for the I think the uh Raw's women's title, um, where it would be Bianca Belair, defending champ against Bailey, that big booty, sexy thing, huh? And um it of course we have uh 
Damn, what they call damage control. That's what they call themselves, damage control. And they've been having their little squandering with uh, Bel Air as well as Lex Bliss as well as Oscar this week. I think they got the best of them. Um, they had a contract signing. Uh, basically, uh, Alexa Bliss and Wilma Carr get jumped in the back or what have you and everything. And then, of course, Alexa Bliss, she decides she wants to challenge. I think it was uh, one of them. Well, one of the challenge, one of them to a match. They had the match. Of course, the hype. Of course, any ladder match, someone has to bring out the ladder. They brought out the ladder, and they beat the living crap out of <laughs> Bianca Belair with the ladder. With, of course, uh, Bailey uh, holding the belt at the end. So, what do you think? What kind of match you think this is going to be? Um, well, I heard because- something about uh, with Bailey. Uh- Shotzi or somebody like did the basically the worst drop kick ever and basically just punted her right in the twat. Shotzi is Shotzi is somebody that like you know really there should be a lot more improvement because every time I see her I'm vastly unimpressed and uh, uh, yeah I don't know I. But again, it's that thing of uh, yeah, we're just going to keep using her, you know. And then she'll eventually get released and she'll show up in AEW and it'll be a big deal for five minutes and then it won't. Yeah, because um, I think the match is going to be pretty good. Um, probably Bel Air will retain because I don't see her give up the belt not to know Bailey. Wait a minute. Did, I'm sorry. Did, uh, did this stupid extreme rules already happen or it's going to happen? It's going to happen. It's happening this weekend, Saturday. Uh. <laughs> Trust me, I'll give you the highlights. And you, well, no, it's just, I mean, I have Peacock, so but that's the thing. It's like, again, WWE does a slightly better job of, of making people special, but the problem is, it's like, again, there's a lack of, like, I give a fuck because or you know and again there's never it's like okay some people win like i know it's gonna be no blood it's not gonna be extreme there's no real heat uh with anybody and uh you know and then like nothing is gonna happen and that's the thing that we've been trying to get across is that like roman reigns uh is special because that's how they present him and he's protected in all the right ways and he's given all the right window dressing. So that's us. He's special. Um, and that is exactly like, if you did that with several wrestlers, if you have a roster and you did that with several wrestlers and then you had genuine heels for them to fight, then you would have something. And again, something happens for a reason. Okay. And then, you know, just don't hodgepodge it like, oh, we changed our mind, it's back to normal or whatever. Or if you're going to ruin a guy like Lashley or McIntyre, uh, don't have him like, oh, no, no, he's still a contender. Like, why? How many chances are you going to get and not get the job done? You know, it's like it went from this guy's a Greek god and he's going to be the next big world champion to what the, what the fuck you mean McIntyre is getting another title shot? In, in two years, it went from, holy shit, we're in for a run, to, 
You mean to tell me fucking, you know, fucking Haggis McGee over here is getting another goddamn title shot? Like, really? Like, fucking really? Which world title? Which of the seven world titles is he getting a title shot on? That's the other thing. You know, just... You can't have more than one world champion in a, in a company. You know, I've always said that. I still stand by it. You know, I, you're a better man than me to watch... And, you know, a, a whole pay per view on on the extreme rules, and then you know, and basically, like, oh, bro, oh, they, oh man, the broken curfew they, match. They, they, they got the whole slate this year. Because uh, next up, it's funny you say Drew McIntyre, Drew McIntyre versus Karen Cross in a strap match. Now we already talked about the fireball. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but I've I've seen it. it I'm sorry. I, I I listened to Jim Cornette break down what she was trying to do, and you you telling me there wasn't one person on that staff that couldn't show her how to do a proper. <laughs> I don't think so, because that's the thing. Like they chase the wrestling people away when they fire somebody they never fire accountants or something or one of the assholes executives or you know one of the shitty writers they you know i mean they have uh all the guys they have are fairly modern wrestlers if they have any and then you know you have like fifth finley or somebody fifth finley knows how to get heat fifth finley knows how to like you know bust somebody open with one shot he didn't like you know uh, fireball is as a strictly like southern slash uh you know uh, upper Midwest gimmick, you know, with the occasional wild man using it, and it hasn't been done properly or been done at all, really, in forever. It's actually something that, if it was done right, could bring it back. Like everyone's trying to do the mist now, and no one can do it right. But I mean, a well placed fireball. I mean, you know, it if it's done right, because I mean, Eddie Gilbert, you know, and Jerry Lawler threw some fireballs that like. It literally looks like it's hanging on the guy's face for a couple of seconds. Like, you know, it like it made it look legitimate. Like, oh, fuck. They actually, like, I think they just, like, burnt his face for real. Um, yeah, it's, I, I really don't. Because that's the thing. Every day they become less of a wrestling company. And, again, like a really talented wrestler like Emma was fired because a bunch of shitty writers. And if you're ever listening to this or if anybody knows one, you're a shitty writer. Horrible imagination. Candidate this talented woman with a fucking billion dollar look and like, yeah, you're wearing a secret dress and you're a bitch. That's your gimmick. And uh, when she didn't like it because there was nothing to work with, they went, well, it's her fault. And they fired her. And they kept the fucking writers. You know, that's like, oh, you know, uh, again, just uh, Sarah Jane's on a period. Fire her. Keep Billy. Like, no. Stop. You're gonna fire one of us. You fired me because she's the moneymaker. Oh, man, it says, but see, this is my thing when they do strap matches. Because if I do recall, to win a strap match, you have to drag your opponent and tap all four corners, right? Yeah, and I never I, liked that stipulation. Done. Am I correct? What was that? Yeah, I pose you done a strap match. Yeah, yeah, usually with a chain match, a dog collar match. See, that's the thing. I never liked that. I never liked that uh, that that 
particular way of doing it. I always thought it should be like a pinfall, like with Roddy and, and Valentine, or to like somebody eventually gives in. Because, I mean, because with the four corner thing, it really, it's one of those things that it really comes down to the two guys to be able to make it work. Because if they don't know how to milk it the right way, it's fun. like, like, thing, like thing my thing, yo. I, I, because to me, it makes more drama. Yeah, but again, you have to be able to, you have to be able to milk the drama. Like again, it's a, like Wahoo was good at it. Um, Terry Funk. I just watched a match with uh, Terry Funk and Eddie Gilbert in a chain match. Because uh, Eddie Gilbert, uh, when you back when you really had to be a super fan because there was no internet, he had two amazing feuds in between the time he left WCW and he passed away. And one was with Cactus Jack, and one was with Terry Funk, and you know, they knew how to milk it, but I've also seen like Sting and Nikita. Oh, they were terrible because they either one of these guys really knew how to milk the touching of the you know, it's no, it, actually, it's one of those things that like to me the best shame matches was the Russians versus the Rock and Roll Express, that chain match. And I can say uh the Russian versus Road Warriors. I mean, I've always been impartial. Out of the, out of the three, it's like the tag chain match with the best. Out of the three, like doll collar chain strap match, I like a doll collar match. Um, uh, the strap match, <laughs> the strap match, you can kind of because you can actually really lay it in and whip somebody. Uh, but you know, it's. And out of the three in the WWE, that's the one you can get away with because there's no way they're going to let them – again, oh, you can't get blood. Uh, and, I, again, it comes, some things are really all about the psychology. Uh, and depending on the two guys, I would be – I would change the – because, again, it's like it's, it's now it's wrestling. We can just make it up as we see. It's like, well, these two guys can't milk the drama trying to touch all four corners and so make it a pinfall or make it a uh, – like a last man, ding, last man standing strap match where the guy can't continue, uh, you know, he's been whipped too hard or something. Um, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, that, that, well, nah, could that be too easy to say? You got to get like a certain amount of lashes. Well, the uh, that's the thing, though. <laughs> you know, I just, it's a... Uh, I don't know. It's it's. Yeah. Well, well, well let's go to the next match here. We didn't stay on that one long enough. This is the interesting one. We have. It is just fucking funny that you had to bring up Telly Blanchett and Madam T. A. Because we have an I Quit match. Finn Balor versus Edge. Uh, I, I, again, it's. <laughs> There's, uh, I see. That's the thing. Um, when I think, you know, I quit match. I guess I could see Balor in one of those if he's with the right opponent and they're both kind of like submission guys, or it's like a, again, like a really angry blood feud. Edge has obviously done them before. The, the interference, because okay, we already know that. The daddy, uh, aka Ray Mysterio, is gonna come out. We already know um, who uh, AJ Styles because they didn't beat his ass up the la- this last week. So it's kind of and 
Oh yeah, Dom said Rhea Ripley is his daddy. <laughs> you know, I think honestly, I think I think out of all the ladies, I think out of all the ladies, I could see Rhea kind of going into sex work because she, she kind of she plays with it on Twitter, you know, and she she, she did point she'll be a beast. Because see, she can also do the strap on with the girls, strap on with the guys, and plus also get fucked. Because I, I, I wonder if she, but God, I'm gonna get in so much trouble asking these questions. It, I know she's bisexual. I'm just wondering if she's just straight up lesbian. I don't. I think she's dating a guy. I think she's been dating a wrestler, or at least somebody that was supposedly uh, like a developmental talent for a long time. Um, you know, I don't know if she's still dating him. I don't really delve too deep into the because it kind of makes sense with the schedule that they have. You know, kind of like uh, you, you know, porn people will date or marry other porn people, or you have to date somebody that kind of is very confident that you're gonna come home to them every night. Um, I don't know. I uh, like again with her just on the periphery. I see people that aren't even wrestling fans posting her pics of pinning people. And you know, I see her. Uh, you know, I could just kind of see it. Bailey, if Bailey ever did porn, she would definitely be like an Alexis Texas, like it's all about the ass type queen. Um, but you know, but also, as much as I would love, like Bailey would definitely be if I had to pick five modern girls to work with, she'd definitely be in the top three. Uh, too good of a wrestler to, to stop and stop now. Um, and of course, we're such a close-minded, backwards society. It's back. I gotta bring this back. We're gonna save that for. We save that conversation. Then, uh, when, when, when we when we do that conversation again, we are gonna save that for y'all. Gonna have to pay to hear that because shit. Because because yeah, there's another hour right there. Because it, it was a couple names I missed. Damn it. Well, I missed a few names myself, but I mean, you know, it's just. <laughs> I just it's gut it's a gut reaction when you talk about the WWE. I kind of yeah. don't want to talk about anything else but them. But shoot, but no, it's all gravy. But but um, but no, but like I said, with the I Quit match, I it I've because I know how Edge works, so I know it's gonna be probably a good match. Um, like I said, I just know all the interference is gonna water it down to me. Because I feel that I quit match should be a one on one. It shouldn't be much unless you're doing some shit to unless you're doing some shit to start another storyline, like an outside interference that might cost that person a match. But even because, like I said, to me in recent memory, I'm sorry, progress has it down pat for the I quit match. I'm sorry, he got to say I quit. It was so fucking inventive. (laughs) <laughs> that's the thing. It's like you know, yeah, he got him to do it because it because the black swan never talks. I, I think um, I think what should happen to wrestling is take away the TV money because basically they can have you and I go out there and you know and you know just kind of bump into each other and get all winded and sweaty and whoever falls on top of who first wins because that that money's coming in every week. And, you know, you've already proven 
especially in WWE, like it's not worth getting yourself over. If anything, you'll get punished for getting yourself over. I think they need to take away not only not the wrestlers guaranteed money, WWE's guaranteed money or AEW's guaranteed money. You know, it's like uh, we're gonna start paying you on like a like on a on a rate system as far as ratings and then like what you sell at houses and, and so on and so forth. So that way they are forced to push their wrestlers and maybe when a, like a like a young Zack Ryder gets himself over, it's like okay, okay, good, good. This guy's got something going. Let's 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 help build on this. No. WWE, you know, WWE could have their worst year next year. And let me tell you, I would suck every dick in Rawway State Prison to have <laughs> half of what they consider a bad year, okay? And I would suck them twice on national television for free for half of what WWE makes in a quote-unquote bad year. Well, yeah, the money just comes in. Here you go. We have a fan base that just eats it, so we don't really have to try. Oh, you're, you're, trying, to, you're trying to – you're taking pride in what you do? You want to, you want to, you know, be creative and get yourself over. Now nah, we're gonna fire you. You know. Um, so, so now let's let, let's get through the rest of this pay per view so we like can discuss something at the end of this a little bit better. Um, we have the good old. Well, actually, to me, it's probably gonna be the match of the night. I I'm already predicting this shit because okay. Looks yeah. like you're the tallest guy in the NBA. <laughs> We have the six-man tag match. Oh, fuck you. Old-fashioned Donnie Brook match. Six-man tag. I hope you wake up tomorrow and look like me, six-man fucking tag. Versus Imperial with Gunther. Yes, Gunther. Yes, coming back, Gunther. <laughs> so, this match, I already expect it's going to be the best match in it. And I know it's going to be physical. Just off of brute, just off of Gunther and and Sheamus, anything with them two in the, in the, in the middle of a ring is beautiful. Um, I, I did happen to see the quote unquote doubted the first Donnie Brook. Okay, here's the thing: this probably Sheamus's match, right? Am I correct? Right? Wait, what? This be Sheamus's match, his his theme match, right? <laughs> I don't know. I, I've never, and again, I am very proud of my heritage. Uh, I I actually could see myself easily living in Ireland. Uh, I just love everything, but I could give two fucks about this guy. Like I've never, like this guy. Seriously though, like I've never seen a match with him involved that I was like, wow, he is he is the he is to Brutus Beefcake. What I don't know, like he is the Irish Brutus Beefcake. He is, he know what he is? He's corned beef Seamus. <laughs> he's cutting and strutting and he's doing whatever. I don't know. He's on my TV. Eh, even he's pale, even for me. Like, what the fuck? You know, like I watch him wrestle. Like, I see him and I see Bono, and I kind of say to myself, you know, I kind of see the English's points, you know, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. I actually was a fan of Seamus. Now, I actually still am a fan of Seamus. It's just, I like the old Seamus where he was like the first, the first iteration of Seamus when he first came in the game. You know, but I find funny because this is why this is what I was getting to because I was asking you this for a reason. Can you name any wrestler that had a signature match 
and lost the match more than he won it? Undertaker in the coffin. But wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Did he lose the first one? Well, I mean, he beat Kamala. I mean, he wins them, but I mean, I've seen him lose. <laughs> because think about it. The last lately, excuse me, it, not the Slater match. It was a Donnybrook. The last Donnybrook he had was against uh, McIntyre, and he lost. Okay, well. So are we supposed to think that he's going to win this one against Imperium? Against I don't know. Imperium? I mean, like I'm so disinterested in Sheamus and that whole group. That I'm gonna again. I read a lot, and I, you know, um, for a variety of reasons, I just absorb as much information every day as I possibly can. So um, here's a little fact factoid that's gonna be way more interesting and entertaining than anything Seamus does. Donnie Brook uh, is, if I remember correctly, is like a village or a place in Ireland. And the reason why Donnie Brook is kind of like, oh, it's a fight, because every year they would have a big fair or festival every year. And they, of course, would serve alcohol. And the Irish being a rowdy rebel race of people by nature, you know, the drinks would flur- flow, starts off a celebration. And then they go, hey, what the fuck do you mean having your top button button? What the fuck are you trying to say to me? And then a big fight would break out. And... Uh, Essentially, just like when I say big brawl, I'm talking like just just constant, like just mass chaos, like people just fucking each other up. And eventually, when you know an all-out fight breaks out of more than two people, it became known as a Donnybrook. And you know, so so that's good. There's a little factoid for you that's going to be way more interesting than that match or anything Sheamus does. Well, speaking about interesting matches, the last match of this. It's the best match because it's the last. And some tell me this is the main event. We have Extreme Rules match for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship with Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey. Now, I don't mind women having extreme matches, cage matches, anything, but do we really want to see Liv Morgan? Who is, it, which I'm not ever going to sit here and, and try to live more. Live more, other than the fact that she's a beautiful figure, she's actually a pretty good damn wrestler. Um, but. Ain't no fuck. I ever seen it, it, this, if you were gonna do if you were gonna do anything with these two, it's gonna be a cage match. In my opinion, if you gonna go if you if you gonna go extreme, but not an extreme rules match because now I got. But, what to is, but, but that's the thing. What is the match? Because they don't. Because that's the other thing. They don't enforce rules on a regular basis during the year. So, like, what exactly is the Extreme Rules match? The Extreme Rules match is everything is legal. So, that means all weapons are legal, match. There's no disqualification. So, basically, like a a match on Monday Night Raw. (laughs) Basically. I'm not wrong. 
you know, it's not, it's not a disqualification to put somebody through a table or use a chair or there's no count outs. There's no nothing. And, and see, I want to tell you what I have to see. I have to see these two women set up a table. And for some fair reason, women have the hardest time setting up tables when it comes to any match that involves table. I don't care what wrestling promotion. I don't care which female. They never get it. They, it takes them forever. It'd be like... You've just been going to the wrong party. Because every party I go to, the women you know, always set the table just beautiful. <laughs> so we talk about wrestling. We ain't talking about that type party, motherfucker. Hey, you know what? Uh, like a fucking cocktail party has more wrestling in it than any of these fucking shows. <laughs> so true. I, I'm sorry. Like I said, I'm because I'm a wrestling fan. It's, I just love watching wrestling. Yes, I will be watching this pay-per-view. And we will slightly review it. That's if he happens to watch it. I, I basically, if he does it, I will tell him about it. And he'll give his opinion, which y'all love when he gives his opinion. Because I'm sorry, this on the whole. And for those that, and for those that possibly don't like the fact that I shit on a lot of stuff, um, here's the thing: I don't, I don't want to shit on stuff. I want to be excited, like I was a couple of months ago, and I want something that's engaging. And when it's engaging, I don't want it immediately taking away from me. Uh, you know, so. Um, it's, you know, it's kind of like it's a level of frustration because of lack of creativity. And again, they're, they're, um, they're just a small, loud fan base that honestly, I don't know what they're into, but it ain't wrestling. And, you know, they get their way more than anything. Um, and again, it's, you know, also in this day and age of all this apps and everything, it's really hard to like impact or like MLW, or I tried to, I was going to, we're going to talk about Antonio Noki on the next show and on the, on the wrestling is smoke. Cause he deserves the conversation. I kind of looked up some old Antonio Noki stuff. It's fucking really hard to find. And all this stuff that I want to see is hard to find, or I want to give impact a chance. But basically the two people that are, that are hoarding all the TV time are basically just, eh, go fuck yourself. You know, it's like basically they're doing the version of Gonzo. Like it's really easy to go on the bed and go action and then just start sucking a fucking. Uh, it takes effort to make buy an outfit or make an outfit, put together a plot, you know, whatever, like brainstorm with people, get it done, maintain character. And rather than doing that, they're just going and suck it. And, you know, they're just kind of giving you lazy Gonzo with bad angles. And here's the thing. I can't get into women doing an extreme match, but here's the problem. Women are different than men. Okay? They're equal, but they are different. So, therefore, their road to getting to a personal issue strong enough to have a cage match, a hair versus hair match, something like that, has to be, it has to be different, and it has to make sense. It, it made no sense. Okay, it like this. I can see the kendo sticks. I can see chairs. I don't see the point of them putting out the tables. You know what I'm saying? I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, we're about to close this out. Um, I don't see the point of that. You feel me? The tables, like, the tables are just... That's the like, tables are just beating to death at this point. It's just, you know, going under the ring. It's just, you know, again, like... Okay, now everybody in AEW does the trading of the forearms, and none of them could do it right. 
And it's like, and that's the thing that, you know, oh, I'm going to look under the ring and pull out all this stuff. It's like, okay, are you guys just going through the motions because the money is really good and you're just hoping that it'll get better tomorrow? Or are you just being fucking lazy? Because when I see somebody do something original or I see something that inspires me, I go, that is awesome. I'm going to do something different, but like in the area of it, like I'm, I'm working on a killer clowns from outer space porn parody thing. I have basically most of the stuff made and ready to go. I just got to get, I'm going to hopefully shoot it in November. Killer clowns from outer space is making a huge comeback this year. And I've seen a lot of people kind of doing either the costume or like talking. Now the thing is though, it doesn't matter who gets to the market first. Mine is going to be different and it's going to like fit the realm of porn and it's going to be authentic to the thing. And it's going to take a lot of creativity and effort, which is why I have not been able to shoot it yet. And, you know, creativity, like kind of, you know, like if somebody's doing something exact like thing that's popular, my attitude is that's great. And I'm willing to do a little bit of that, but I want to like, get inspired and veer off and, and, and be on the cusp of the next wave. Everybody's just doing the same shit. Everybody is doing the same shit. And, but, but since there's different people in the match, we're all supposed to go, oh, well, they're trading forearms, but it's it's two different guys in the last match, so it's completely different. It's like, no, it's not. No, it's not. And they're bad forearms. And they're lame. So there you go, people. We didn't give you what you wanted and what you needed. I just want to say um, good night. But well, this way I got to finalize the damn pay per view. Well, I, well, I figure it's gonna be like honestly, this is probably. I know what people are gonna say. They're gonna say they had some good matches here and there. I, I, to me, just from the lineup, just from the build, because I watched the shit. They could skip this damn pay per view. I mean, they could have just made this shit a regular raw. <laughs> well, again, if you're going to sit there and say things like. You ain't got the Usos. Your audience is not even a part of the motherfucker. Well, here's the thing again. Oh, we can't, We don't do blood. We don't do this. And we're, we're family, this. And, you know, blah, blah. Then why are you having this whole big thing? Because that's the point of of the like a strap match, doll collar match, steel cage, hair versus hair, yada yada yada. And it's you know, it's 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 just it's kind of, again you're 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 uh, I don't know it's it's just it I, uh, metaphor here it's like it's just ridiculous the logic. Um, and again, they're just doing it for ratings. They're doing it because it was an idea, and they just been doing it. That's the thing. It's like, well, we just keep having it, so we'll just keep doing it. Next year, there'll be another one. That's what it is. So shoot. So yeah, we done we done did it up, bro. It's almost heading to two hours. So <laughs> we said we wanted to cut these. But once down. again, again, once again, we would have been on. We would have been on time. Fucking bringing up the fucking pointless pay per view. Now we got to talk about it twice. I, I didn't. I didn't enjoy it so much the first time. Let's do it again. <laughs> no. Oh, that's why I love my progress for actually my ICW and uh, and NWA. I ain't even going for it. I've been in Memphis rap. It's, I like my shit simple, but to the point. 
So with that, like with that being said, Billy, tell everybody what they can spend money on you, man. Uh, right now, many paid Billy Pilgrim Triple X. You know, some Halloween stuff's gonna be coming up throughout the month. I'm going to the the exotic exotic Huntsville this weekend to shoot some porn stuff. They're gonna hopefully fast track. Uh, you know, to get it out there. Unfortunately, my my uh, Halloween project came close this year, but all the pieces either fell through or didn't fall into place until after the fact. You know, what are you going to do? And it doesn't it doesn't help that everybody wants to do Halloween porn on September 12th. And it's like, you know, really, if you want to do it during the summer so it's ready. You don't you don't wait a week before Christmas to make a fucking Christmas movie. But anyway, so that's, yeah, that's where it is. Yeah, most definitely. So, people, there you go. Uh, programming note: the next pro wrestling smoke. Um, we will be doing it old, old school. Damn, I had it on the tip of my head what it was going to be. Well, I was going to talk about Enoki. Yeah, 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 Enoki. Yeah, yeah, and um, something else I wanted to add to it. Um, because the whole episode might be old to the old school. Um. Oh yeah, along the lines because they were talking about extreme matches, extreme brutal matches that used to happen back in the day that they don't do anymore that people forgot about. Well, I mean, you know, again, like they all had a point. They all, like, again, the main thing that's missing, honestly, is there was a reason. Like, okay, we're gonna surround the ring of barbed wire. We're gonna dog collar each other. Or we're gonna shave our. There was like a reason, and it got to the point where like the organization that they were wrestling for said, "Okay, enough of this. Pick something, and then after this match, it's done because you caused it too much trouble." And then it was a big to do. That's the thing. That's the thing that's missing. It's like a, the rhyme and reason to having it. You don't just have it to have it. Since I've beaten it to death, the show, Sarah J. Sarah J. Huge star. Amazing talent, brilliant, brilliant woman. If I got to work with her tomorrow, am I going to have her just get on the bed in lingerie and start blowing me? No. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like big, make a production out of it. It's gonna be special. There's gonna be a reason why the shit's happening because I'm gonna take advantage of all her abilities. Oh, we got two guys. It's a street fight. It's a it's a tech death match. It's a tables match. All right. These guys these guys basically bumped into each other literally last week. I'm supposed to care that they're gonna have a Texas death match, which technically isn't a Texas death match. That's the main problem. It's there's no rhyme or reason anymore because God forbid you tell a story consistently over a period of time. Nope. So there you go, people. Another show in the Get off my lawn! <laughs> and never the done. And you know how we end it all day, every day. Life is a learning experience. What's the experience? You didn't learn anything. Smoke this over. Billy! Until next time when it's Vader time. We'll see you then. And, and we'll see you. And we'll be coming with the rhyme and the reason. There you go. We out.